Hello and welcome to episode 14 of This Korean Life. The Gwangan International Community Fair is back, September 22nd. The Gwangan International Community Fair is back, September 22nd. The Gwangan International Community Fair is back, September 22nd. Held at Gorilla Brewing Pub in Gwangali. The Gwangan International Community Fair is a place for people to buy and sell handmade goods and crafts, pick up some garden fresh vegetables and homemade food, as well as custom-made clothing for children and pets. Children are welcome, so it can be a fun day for all. Shop for unique handmade goods, meet trusted service providers, and support local charities at the Gwangan International Community Fair. Check them out on Facebook. This podcast is also brought to you by Pop Songs for the ESL Classroom and more Pop Songs from the ESL Classroom. Are you tired of teaching grammar books? Looking for a fun Friday activity for your students? Then you might want to pick up a copy of Pop Songs for the ESL Classroom or more Pop Songs for the ESL Classroom. This book is a collection of 15 popular songs from the past and present that will engage your students and have them more interested in learning than ever before. Each song is accompanied by four worksheets that have different activities and speaking topics. The notes for the teacher section at the back uh, provides a deep insight into the song and provides multiple suggestions on how to change your regular class into an experience. All of these worksheets and songs have been hand-selected, tried, and tested. What are you waiting for? It's time to spice up your classroom. Check out the Pop Songs for the ESL Classroom or more Pop Songs for the ESL Classroom by clicking the link below or checking out the episode post on Facebook. Today's guest was Jeff Coach Young. He sat down with us today to entertain us with his stories. This 20-plus year vet in Korea uh, has seen and done it all and doesn't hold back when it comes to sharing his experiences. This man has done everything and paved the road for lots of us here in Ulsan. Uh, he mentioned that he'd like to be a regular on this Korean life. So have a listen. Let us know what you think in the in the comments below. Uh, everyone, please welcome Niagara Falls 1.0, the man, the legend, the mouth of the South, Jeffrey William Bruce, Coach Peter, Kung Fu Panda Young. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of This Korean Life. Uh, with us today is Mr. Jeffrey Bruce William Young. Jeffrey William Bruce Young. Jeffrey Bruce Wilfred Paul Young. Get it right. <laughs> I apologize. This is uh, Niagara Falls 1.0, the, the man who started it all for me anyways. Um, I definitely wouldn't have been here or even had any idea that Ulsan or Korea was a... Um, an option for for teaching. Um, I had originally planned to go to Japan. Well, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but long story short, I ended up here because because of this man. Jeff, how you doing? Doing well, brother. How about yourself? Uh, we're we're okay. Um, boom! It's a it's a hot Tuesday afternoon. You're Ooh. you are on vacation. You are. I living... am on vacay, enjoying it, enjoying melting off my a little bit of my fatness, and you, <laughs> hopefully it'll melt a bit of my fatness off. Some wonders for Nate. Look at him; he's yeah. half the man he used to be. <laughs> Absolutely, um, you're living the uh, the luxury life of a professor in, in Korea. How's vacation going so far? Uh, so far, so good. Been quite enjoying what they call a stay K, you know? 
getting healthier, hiking a little bit, melting, watching what I eat, just relaxing and maxing. Why don't you go into the into new the new uh, health regime? The new health regime. Well, all right, I'm a fat bastard. All right, I was weighing in, tipping the scales at 116.5 kilos. We do that in American stuff for Scotty, our brother here. Uh, Translate for me. We're uh, (laughs) basically, I would be able to have a middle linebacker's job in the NFL without the speed or the ability or that. I was weighing over. 260 plus, man. Fat mother. Oh, well, we'll keep that up to ourselves, right? <laughs> so I decided that uh, this could be the summer of me. Take care of, care of myself. So the health regime now is I cut out Coca-Cola. I miss you so much. Coke, I'm coming back <laughs> someday soon. I cut out the Coke. I cut out the milk. I cut out the beer. And that's hard because, as we know, the greatest thing about Korea is the alcohol and the beautiful women, of course. But Do you drink a lot of milk on a daily basis? Uh, it seems like it was I a almost, problem. I almost stopped consuming milk just because <laughs> I don't see. eat cereal. Cereal is not popular All right, here. Denmark milk, chocolate, mint. Oh, yeah. Good four of them for lunch, minimum. Four Dude, cartons that, of whatever. <laughs> of it. That's like a for bag lunch. of sugar. Yeah, and what with the two-liter bottle of Coke. Good lord. And then at least a liter of water to wash it all down, right? You need a little bit of need a little variety in your drinking life, right? Listen, I can my record was three hours I put a case of Coke down. In Canada. Three hours. I drank a case of Coke. Were you shot on him? What's that? <laughs> Pretty much so. You know, like chain smoking. It was chain drinking Coca-Cola. doing the deal. So just trying to get out of there. No snacking. Eating once a day. Not shocking. I, I usually go on a fast mm. to try to kickstart. Back back in the day when we uh, when I was working at, uh, at Speak English with you, mm-hmm. the, the regime was uh, you had water, honey, Mm-hmm. Was that, you had you had a concoction of something in yeah. you. You would drink that. I think you were you sustained yourself on that only for only for a week, mm-hmm. and then you had you had lost some uh, lost some significant weight. But and then I kickstarted. But I you know can't be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean you know reading about health and such, it can't really be good for doing honey with cayenne pepper. That oh, that's what it was. Yeah. was it? And clean out your system. Like what am I? <laughs> am I going to fight Conor McGregor in the ring and get down to weight? Like come on now. It, it, hey, hey, come on. Can't there's a lot easier ways to clean out your system. We're in Korea, man. Half the foods will clean that right up. Oh, for you. very much so. You Good pajon, some you spring onions. Special concoctions. Jesus. I agree. I agree. One bulldog and you'll be clean for a month. Oh, man, I miss spicy bulldog. That was always good. You guys go eat it. I take one bite and I'm on the turlet for years, man. It just crushes. That's me. the the samjung there. As soon as the, oh, the minute the, the minute it touches your tongue, you can just hit the timer because in three hours you're oh, gonna take yeah, it. No, you you're gonna take a for me dump. though. It's seafood pajang. Man. Yeah. Seafood pajang will clean me right up. It is just a wonderful thing. Get the tubes all flowing, make sure everything's working there. Well, because, you know, I got to be careful because I got a new ass, right? You yeah, know, went in ass? for the rotor rector. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Rooter, hell no. Went right through, put the new one in, got the old one out. Worst thing is, you're in the hospital in Korea. And they give you a, a... Did you go recently? No, no, this is a while ago. But, like, I mean, they give me an anesthetic. So, you know, I've got the whole back and everything. Can't feel a thing. But my head down, I'm wide awake. It sounds like they're driving a tube through me. I hear, cook, 
a metallic crushing on that. I'm like, guys, did you do any time or anything? You're putting a pole up there? What the hell are you doing? Anyway. I had that experience. It was also interesting. Mm. Was that last Saturday night or what? (laughs) Oh, Navy, Navy. Shots fired. Mm. Yeah. Last Saturday night, too, apparently. (laughs) Hello. Yeah. Well, let's take it easy on Nader. But I'm not too friendly in here. Sorry. My, uh, my my dad did himself a disservice before his uh, hip replacement. Mm-hmm. He watched the YouTube video of a hip replacement. Oh, did and he it never was, do that. It, he described it as like medieval. It is medieval what like, they do. Saw the saw the top yes. off, and you're just basically hammering in a don't don't don't. He said they're using uh, they're using a mallet or whatever. But the crazy thing is the um, the recovery, the surgery finishes. They or they pop your hip back in. He was walking. I think hours after the surgery. So it, it doesn't seize up or I don't know. What it's absolutely amazing what the increases in ability in technological achievements have been in every facet of surgery. <laughs> like think about it nowadays. Uh, my mom's boyfriend. Yes, my mother's 80 years old and she's got a boyfriend. Well done, mom. <laughs> and he's got money. Even better, mom. <laughs> and number three, they won the lottery a couple years ago. A million dollars. Beautiful. <laughs> Canada is a communist country, but no tax on lotteries is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah, my mom's partner just had his second open heart surgery. Jesus. 16 years. And, you know, Back then, when he first did it, they were like, you know, oh, it's going to be the, the new one. They said, ah, no problem. We'll scrub you up. We'll do this. Da-da. Next thing you know, he's walking four miles a day, three months after surgery, better than he ever felt, golfing, doing all that. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, Gino Gino had one, or my dad had uh, had one as well. Gino, Brian's father, great man. Loves the black Sambiki. <laughs> Mm. Oh no! Oh, the, uh, sorry, uh, I got a you know timeout on Brian there. He can tell his story, but why I say that is that uh, his dad's wedding. I was there in Niagara Falls, out in the backyard, great time, and we basically did a lot of shots of black sambuca, which put Brian and his cousin to bed, so Gino and me could have an adult conversation without them. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> the uh, anyways, his uh, his open heart surgery. Just um, I'm often pretty critical of the of the. Korean medical system of, of oh, it sounds crazy, but overcare. Oh, you, br- you break your nose, you break your nose. We've oh, known some people that have broken their nose. That? Two, you know, it's two weeks in the hospital. I know a guy broke his toe. It was a month, and he's on oh, paper cut. You get a juice. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, Gino's open heart surgery. That was I flew home the day that he had it. That was a Wednesday. <coughs> that was a Wednesday morning, and he was out Sunday morning. So I mean, the the surgery ended Wednesday evening, sure. and he was out Sunday morning with a five bypass surgery. That is, that is, that includes that includes getting getting. Is that uh, the quintuple bypass? <laughs> pentuple. Mm. Quin quin or pen? Both are. What's six? Sex. Clearly, we're gonna have to stop the podcast and look this up. So, yeah. there you go. But and that that includes a a cut from ankle to to oh. inner groin to oh, to peel out uh, to. Pilot, uh, what do you call Pichu? The I don't even know the English word. Artery. A vein. Banks. Good lord. The, uh, the the vein. The vein to sew into his uh, sew into his thing. But in Korea, I mean, if you want to scale a, a broken nose for two weeks to an open heart surgery, oh, that would be ridiculous. at least six months. 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, let's get back to your health regime. One meal a day. I want to know what the hell you're eating only once a day. All right. Uh, I try to do three food groups. Um, recently, Snicker. by the way, now you're... Uh, <laughs> Reese's Snickers. <No>. And <laughs> you guys jest, but I thought of incorporating them into it. But thank God that uh, dark chocolate's allowed. It's a good way to eat. 99.9? Uh, well, that's it, got no flavor, man. It's disgusting. Have you had 90.9.9 Yeah, it's a chocolate? nice bitter chocolate. Oh, it's... What are you, German? <laughs> Come on now. Bitter? I'm not bitter. That's bitter. What? What? Uh, no, basically, the health program is what I eat. Uh, Monster Mart had a beautiful $30, basically, rack of lamb. Oh, yeah. All right? But I got so much lamb out of it. So, basically, what I do is... I uh, reduced uh, vinaigrette, uh, balsamic vinaigrette down with some barbecue sauce, grilled up my lamb chops, put them in. So, for example, two lamb chops. I do some uh, maybe three or four potatoes, vegetable on the side, steamed veggies. Yeah. That's my meal for the day. Or wow. a big salad or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, basically, sticking to that, cutting out yeah. everything is killing me. Mm. But... On the same deal, I can't tell you how much lighter I feel. Yeah. In one week, yeah. I feel lighter. I have more energy. Just walked an hour and a half with my dog in yeah. this world. If you're cutting out four chocolate mint, chocolate milk specials, that's man. enough. <laughs> that's the deal. But my, as Brian knew, my tendency is to kickstart a diet. Yeah. So do the fasting. Mm. But... It, Obviously, like I said, it can't be healthy doing that crushing every day. And I think the shock to your system, yeah, you get a good kickstart. Maybe you lose seven kilos in a week if you're hiking and all that. But your system is just too much. And then you're not processing food. So when you get back on the food, I think it's even worse shock to your system. So this way, every day I'm doing that, I'm staying away from snacks, staying away from the late night. That's the biggest Staying away from, as I said... The milk, the coke, the whole deal. Basically, I put on weight in two ways. Number one, Coca-Cola and every drink I drink. I could drink, I'd say, six to eight liters of Coke in a day, along with two to three liters of milk Jeez, in one day. <laughs> you don't have to eat that. Then that's what I'm saying. I didn't eat a lot. I've never felt hungry. That's enough calories now to I kill a baby horse, man. <laughs> Calorie counter, I broke broke the machine on the first day. All of a sudden, it said, so how many sugary drinks did you have today? So what's the minimum? <laughs> what's the minimum? Oh, that's the minimum? No, that's not even a sip for me. You know, and there's the other thing, you know, going out once a week drinking, cutting down on the drinking. But, you know, 10, 11 beers, that's not a problem for me. Yeah. But that can't be good either, you know, 10, mm. 11 beers. Like, I mean... Uh, uh. You drink, anyway, drink the light beers. Drink yeah, the light beer. What a it's like drinking. What is that? Coca Cola Zero. Yeah, Zero is my hero. There's no flavor in there. Yeah. Take away the sugar. <laughs> what the hell? Why drink something that's got sugar? It's like what alcohol free beer. What's the point? Right. Next thing you're gonna alcohol free alcohol. Shut up. Just go home with that. Come on now. What did, I want to get drunk? What did What did Jim Jeffrey say? <laughs> oh. That was the the best one. Oh, he's awesome. I don't. He was he was parroting someone saying, right. you know, I I don't drink because it tastes bad. I don't like the taste. I drink because I hate my life. There you go. <laughs> I have a reason to drink. Even though it's 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 all good. But so the health regime, 
sticking to it so far. Feeling good. Feeling lighter. Um, weighed myself today down almost six kilos nice. in the week. Feeling, like I said, feeling mm-hmm. like just enjoying it. Jeff, but, towel rack. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any well, now, now the fat belly. Now I just look like a normal fat person, <laughs> not a fat slog, right? <laughs> or a fat bastard, as we all know me as. So it's all good. And do you have a uh, you have a exercise regimen as well to go with it? Basically, hiking, walks? hiking, hiking, hiking. Just walking, man. You know, one thing about Ulsan, it's transformed itself. When we came here, it resembled a pogue song. Dirty old town. Yeah. It was dirty. Dirty, dirty bitch. We're yeah. like, uh, but they have actually put their money where their mouth is. They've transformed the park system, the walking system, trails all over this uh, city, yeah. garden spots, great places to rest. So walk along Tewa River. You can walk all the way up to Costco if you'd like. Uh, up where they've got the new government buildings up there on there. Some beautiful paths, great walking things. That's a, that's a whole new Steps development. Steps and a whole new development. And that's, like, sorry, just uh, Scott, when you were here, they were they probably had just passed yes, that they were going to do that they were going to do that, do that. Yeah. And within five years they've oh. com- how, how many square kilometers would you say that is? i would say that's got to be 10 to 15 yeah. maybe yeah, 10 yeah, yeah. all along tewa or no no up on uh, what, so on down, the, down down below yeah, that i don't yeah. think it'd be more than 10 or 15 no maybe 10 max but like 15. they they leveled it oh, and, and the built a whole new there. city Go up and see the buildings. It's there. insane, yeah. I don't know what you're doing today. Okay. We'll go for a drive I'll after, Scotty. I'll, t- I'll take out a drive up there. It's really <laughs> nice. The grand tour from Jeff? There you go. Yeah. The grand tour. But it was weird. Something. It was yeah. weird driving driving along and just seeing like, oh, they, they built three new apartment complexes last yeah. week. What? Oh, and it was amazing. I mean, dude, huge government buildings. They got the main police. And actually the main some funky-ass designs on some of them with a lot of them being... Uh, very eco-friendly, mm. uh, you know, with solar panels on. You mm. see water retrieval systems up there, so they're starting to get it. Now, didn't you? Didn't you say uh, before that that Hyokushin Doshi or the what is it, the Innovation City? Mm-hmm. They tried. I think they tried eight or nine of them around around Korea, and mm-hmm. only two, only two went the Actually went the distance. Stuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, we they got, had a few planned cities. There was supposed to be one outside mm-hmm. of Masan. There was an actual planned city in mm. Korea, but I don't know if it went to plan. Now they've got Sejong City, yeah. which they're relocating most of the government. And I've been up to there, actually. I went on a tour up there, and uh, eh, no character. The place looks like it's a ghost we were in, but, We were in Songdo, and it was like a high-tech city of the future with no people. No, exactly. Songdo <laughs> was a ghost town, yeah, but yes. up there. But hopefully they'll attract people. I guess with the falling birth rates, maybe that is the uh, city of the future then. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Well done. And there you go. Yeah, Ulsan's pumped a lot of money into that. And it, uh, and it, it shows. It's great because, like, I mean, they've got water places where you can do that. I bring my dog, you know, pour some water on her head, cool her down, get it done. But what the great thing is, is that there's options of places to walk with a lot of public facilities here now. And like back in the day, you know, we considered, you know, the 7-Eleven where you get a bottle of soju. That was a public facility. Like, and that's all that, <laughs> right? You know, you'd walk in, there'd be concrete blocks and bombs falling on you pretty much. Like mm. you couldn't walk anywhere. Mm. And this is pre-Moonsu Stadium and all that because it used to be a pond. Yeah. Ah. Kiss my first Korean girl there. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Around the pond. All good. You also took a, a bath in the... 
Oh, in, I did in, hear in the World fountains. Cup. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, it's World Cup. You got beautiful Brazilian samba in front of you. What are you going to do? I'm hot. I got to take it. It was hot, hot, hot. I had to take a bath, bath, bath. So I went in the fountain, fountain, fountain. And it was a good time. Oh, good so time. you've been here a long time. The World Cup was 2002. When did you get here? I got here January 3rd, 1997. A date that is indelibly etched. Brian was still a wet dream then. He was. He was a wee young lad in Niagara Falls. January. January 3rd. I would have been grade 7, I think. Grade 7. Anyways. Oh, no. Grade 6. Grade 6. Very nice. What about you, Nate? How old were you then? 97. What were you doing there? 17. 17. Just drafted. Oh, mm. NHL dreams were hot in his head then. <laughs> he would have been. Yeah, so, really. a mm. lot of years later, mm-hmm. Hogwan owner, bar owner, homestays, lots mm-hmm. of lots of different private classes and stuff. What? Uh, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial life here. Um, basically, never wanted to be the same as everybody else. So. Started in a hogwan, as most of us do, yeah. you know. Uh, that hogwan was an interesting one when uh, I worked for this guy who was, uh, he had a lot in common with Hitler, you know. Like, I mean. Sweet mustache. Oh, sweet little mustache. He was about, you know, knee height or a grasshopper. Little, little man with the Napoleon complex deluxe. But uh, anyway, worked through the hog one. Then I got a sweet job offer at uh, an elementary school, Myeongjong Cho in Taewadong. It was a great... I worked there as well. It was a great job because they offered a nice house, two-bedroom apartment, the freakiest apartment I've ever lived in. The entrance was through the kitchen. Then you had the living room on the first floor with a bathroom. Went upstairs, two bedrooms upstairs, and a balcony. It was... A funky, house? cool. Pardon me. That was a house. It was in a jutek in a, uh, in okay, a villa, okay. but yeah. the backside of it. But it was the weirdest configured place ever. Hmm. Worked for us. It was all good. So yeah, I had that job. Then from Myeongjong, I worked at Sam Ho. Uh, from there, I went off the grid. I did seven years of private teaching, hundred percent. So. What were the options back in? Uh, what were the options back in uh, in 1997, 98? 97, 98. You were the only teacher. No, there was actually. I came just in 97 was when the crash happened. All yeah, right, IMF. IMF, which is you know they go basically bailed out Korea, and the won went from being a hulking beast of uh, a currency to, to you know worthless, worthless, worthless pretty much and basically i accumulated a lot of stuff from the exodus everybody would leave and i'd pick through their stuff and take the best stuff so i was staying for the duration because i wasn't going back to canada for at least two years uh, that's another story you know eh, atf and RCMP, you know, they had some interest in me being where I was, but that's a long second story. We'll have to do another podcast for that. So anyway, yeah, at that time, it was Hagwon, elementary school, or working for, say, uh, a PTA, which was what the some elementary schools. Now, there was the EPIC program, same thing that's there today. Really? Sponsored by the government it is something similar. That was your way into the into well. The you elementary could, schools? but no. When I got in elementary school, it was a very different deal. Um, Myeongjong Elementary School, the PTA hired me 
And I was sponsored by the principal of the school. PTA, the Parent Teachers Parent Association. Parent Teachers yeah. Association. Huh. They hired me. On the, in the... As an individual teacher, I was not part of a group, huh. not part of an association. They hired me, and my my visa was sponsored by the principal of Myungjung Cho. And that even goes to a better story, because after a while, he found out I was getting married, and uh, he ended up doing a beautiful speech at my wedding. Nice. So it was very nice. And then 10 years later, I met him again. When we ran a hogwan, which you were at, and two Speak of the English. kids, two of the kids there, that principal was their grandfather. No way. And their parents were getting married at that time when we were getting married, my wife and I, and the daughter had her graduate or her engagement party. And he canceled going to her engagement party so he could come to my wedding. Oh, so <laughs> small town Ulsa. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at how, that time. Go ahead. How old were you when you came? Um, I was a sprite and sexy 33. Hmm. 33 years and old. Was that was that average or normal then? Or um, like now a lot of the, I found the, the that, young yeah, teachers coming are in at, their early at 20s. At that time, you really got a mixed grab bag of people, mm-hmm. right? Like... Two of the people I met in the first year uh, were Alan McKaylee. Uh, Stacy Phelps. Stacy Phelps. Three of the people, Stacy, Alan, and I met uh, Mark Brown, ass clown, wild renowned. In Canada now, may never come back. We're not sure, but we love him dearly. Anyway, so yeah, none of us were the standard, normal recruit, like of a young yeah. man out of university. All of us had lived the lives, done things, decided... Hey man, we gotta get our ass out of Dodge, and we decided to travel, see the world, come and teach with a guaranteed job, which was a cool thing. So, mm. at that time, jobs per se were when you were at your hogwan, you were basically locked in. Yeah. You did your year, or you didn't do your year. There was no transferring, no looking at other jobs, no doing a. I remember my hogwan closed after six months, and I had to sell myself to another school. So the school closed and just said, "Hey, man, we're gone. We're we're done. Well, you know, sorry about your luck." <laughs> and I said, "Hey, man," and I went and actually sold myself to another hogwan, and he did the deal and took care of me, and it was, was there good. A, there was an audition. Yeah, I had an audition. <laughs> At the end, you tip your hat like <laughs> the aristocrat. I never forget. <laughs> one of the guys asked me, and I had an interview at one hogwan where my friend was working there, Dara. Ah, that was her name, Dara. Well, scraping the memory box there. Uh, Dara went in, I walked in there, and she was acting as a female servant to them, bowing and delivering coffee to the men as we had an interview. And I'm, first of all, you know, completely blown away because my mother is a Catholic school principal. Sorry, retired Catholic school principal. That's a strong woman. She don't take shit from nobody. Mm. And in here... Women were put into subservient roles, and that's the way it was back then. It's changing a lot now. This girl's serving me coffee. She's a young Canadian woman. What the hell are you doing serving <laughs> me coffee? Like, what? And she's like, so the guy says to me, what is your philosophy of teaching? And I said, 
two million won. <laughs> At the time, the average salary was about 1.1, 1.2. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, like back in the day. So he says, two million won. I says, for two million won, you get a philosophy. For 1.2, you get nothing. See ya, wouldn't want to be a down my tea. And I said, you're a misogynistic prick to him. And he looked at me and Dara's like eyes rolled. And she goes, uh. Anyway, but that was back in the day, right? You know, like. Uh, it's what you got what you had here there wasn't a lot of transfer a lot of hogwan directors were complete complete bullshit artists and yeah. ripping off teachers 11 months in was a standard practice where they complain they give cut you, you cut. and lose your bonus mm-hmm. and do that Airfare. it was so many yeah lose your airfare to accuse you of things that you couldn't possibly I mean, defend that was yourself. that was still very rampant yeah. when i came and that was sure it was yeah so that was still really common mm. how long were you here before you got married uh let's see uh when did i get 65 days. 65 days. Saw a pretty girl. She said, hello. <laughs> Good enough for me. Let's get married, baby. <laughs> How you been? How you been, girly? Anyway. Uh, no, I got married in, on Christmas Day. So romantic of 1998. So I was here basically almost two years. Wow. Two years in. So uh, it was pretty quick, but... Uh, you know, she's regretting it every day since. Right? <laughs> We've been married 20 years plus, And the poor girl, like, I mean, I love her and all that. But the stress is going to get to her eventually. She's going to run and dive in the Tewa and never coming up for air. Because, like, I mean, she lives with me. <laughs> Listen to this mouth of the cell. No, uh, he just, interesting. Interesting woman. Beautiful woman. I love her dearly. She doesn't like me at all. But, hey, 20 years of marriage, still together. Yeah. Uh, Gotta love it. A big part of... When I came and, and getting, you know, there wasn't that many foreigners around. And mm-hmm. To get to know the community and stuff was a place called Tombstone, which you were the former owner of, or one of the form, former owners. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot of my Korean sitting at the bar talking to your wife and the wives of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a joint venture after marriage. How did um, you get into that? All right. Well, I mean, you know, the, there are always left turns and right turns. I find that uh, Ulsan especially, that we have a rock-solid group of foreigners. So the expat community in Ulsan is truly unique. And at the time, we had all kinds of, uh, you know, different friends and different people that were coming up. Now, we would go to this place called Tombstone, one of the foreign-friendly bars at the time, all right? So one day... A buddy of ours was talking about opening another place, which eventually became Troy and the Bench. So he's talking about it. So in his questioning of the anchor prices, what have you, he asked me for him legitimately. He says, Jeffy, man, while you're there one night, talk to the owner who I was good friends with and see how much they were thinking about. So it came up. Next thing you know, got a price tag of it. I thought the price was good. It didn't seem bad. We had a lot of people coming in and coming through there. Uh, I've got a background in hotels and restaurants. That's what I did. I managed a five-star hotel. was a five-star waiter. You know, got uh, various uh, abilities there. And I thought, hey, man, you know, this might be an idea, right? We had good people coming in. We had a good community and good crowd we could count on. So we thought about that. So I didn't want to do it alone. I wanted to do it more as a group venture, a party thing. I wasn't there to make a fortune. I just thought, 
let's have it was the old cheers mentality mm-hmm. a place where everybody had to come in and they'd feel at home like you wouldn't feel like oh and Nate you're a great example all the boys from out west AJ Nikki B you know Chucky go on and on and on forget about Petey we can't forget about <laughs> Peter all right we all these guys all okay we made so many phenomenal friends didn't make any money from that bar because we're idiots but we had such a great time opening it up. And the reason we opened Tombstone more than anything was because I think it was on Canada Day when uh, my future partners, Andrew, the best man in the world, Fawcett, and Mark, Ass Clown Brown, uh, aforementioned, never forgot, we decided on Canada Day after smoking a doobie right next to... Where were we? Oh, we were right next to someone and, you know, a bunch of things. It's Canada. We sealed the deal. The boys were in. We said, let's take a run at it. See what we can do. Uh, we expanded the kitchen, updated a few things. How much was something like that to start? Uh, at the time, if I remember correctly, it was around $60 million down. But we were dumb. We paid rent. We should have bought it outright and knew that. I don't know the guys across the table are playing footsies. Dude, Nate's dinosaur killing from your side. Barney's dinosaur kill over here. Yeah, Barney in the purple shirt. Somebody left Frodo in the building. Uh, there. <laughs> Beautiful day. So yeah, it was about 60, 65 million we did on there. We had a bunch of partners. We all went in together. Uh, the girls would handle the bar. We would basically be, you know, doing uh, the meets and greets. I'd be running the kitchen, doing the menu, planning, the whole deal. Uh, we started it, and we had so many fantastic theme parties. You know, Guy by Bow Tournament. Uh, we did King Henry VIII Feast. We did uh, St. Paddy's uh, Day, the, Day the Shamrock Sprint, which still goes on at Shima today. Al, you're welcome very much. We, we did a lot of different <laughs> things. We did the Olympics. We did... Uh, it was just like it, it was. I know the greatest thing is uh, some people opened up, I think, a Facebook page about Tombstone about five years ago mm. of former people who had met there and all the great times they had there. So, uh, you know, I, I got no regrets about that place. All right. It was all good. I gotta give a I gotta give a shout out to Jeff for that one too because that's uh, that's where Brian introduced me to my future wife. So there you go. Yeah, current wife now. I remember my first my first night in there. I mean, you we had talked I think on the phone or via email before before arriving. <clears throat> and one of my first times in Tombstone, I, I was looking specifically for you. I didn't know anyone else, and uh, you were running around with a super soaker. F- Full of uh, full of vodka, oh, yeah, big time. just hosing, hosing I think. Open your, open your mouth, <laughs> open your mouth. <laughs> oh, that was quite as you the, do. That was quite the quite the introduction to yeah to uh, the tumor. It, like I said, the tumor where it was, it was fun. We had it. It, it, it was fun until it wasn't fun. Yeah. You know, until basically it became a grind. And it was more laborious at the end. Yeah. For yeah. those of you that have never been, the tombstone turned into, after the girls stopped running it, it turned into, Shit. if you could make it past 11 or 12, the alcohol was free. Pretty much so. so. We'd open the bar. <laughs> the very generous we forgot, place. About, we forgot about tabs. We forgot about anything. We're just, you know, running with it and enjoying it. But, again, that's the deal here. You know, if it's a business... Right, you, you got to make money. You got to, you know, you got to mm. take care of the the menu. You got to take care. Eventually, we didn't serve anything from the kitchen. Mm. We barely bought alcohol. Like, I mean, you know, we it came were, down to one draft. There, one draft tap, tap yeah. and the whole deal. Like, I mean, 
again, fun can only go far, so far. Eventually, it's got to be. Plus, we're getting older. People were starting to getting down to families and planning and things like that. And it had it, it was one of those idyllic times, you know, where everybody that came into there, we had such a smashing good time. One, one of my like uh, something that's etched in my brain forever was uh, it was I think in my first year here walking into two or getting a call from one of you guys late at night. I was just relaxing at home. You guys had been out earlier, and walking into uh, walking into into Tombstone, and there was all the boys sitting around. I walked in. I think Billy Joel was on, and everyone was singing. Just turned around, looked like Brian. It was such a a welcoming, cool, like a just a, a great atmosphere, and that I think summarized the how I think Tombstone was. My favorite one, Brian, along those lines. That we we'll have we have two friends, very good friends, uh, Winnie and Jimmy. Winnie and Jimmy were an absolute <laughs> freaking shit stain on the world at that time. They were just out of control maniacs fighting each other in the bar when they owned two. So breaking shit everywhere. They were basically getting banned from half the places around town. So we worried with them and I, we sat them down before we bought it. And we said, boys, are you going to be a problem? And both of them said, hey, other people owned it now. It's family. So Winnie coined the phrase, the fam. So those two became bouncers slash promoters slash terrorists. terrorists. <laughs> what they were. But for the tumor, they were fantastic. And mm. they really flew the flag well. And we just, ah, oh, some of the best times ever. Our Halloween parties were epic. Nate's mammogram machine comes to mind. That was <laughs> awesome. Driving the back of the car from your place with the thing hanging out and on uh, Nikki B with it on the bullhorn. Everybody come to Tombstone with my thing in the back. The great thing about being a foreigner in Korea at that time was pretty much nobody wanted to arrest you. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh, that can't be good. You know, we yeah, did so. There were so many times where I should have been in jail for a long time, and they'd look at me. I remember one cop came up, these two young cops, and a buddy of mine is at the front stairs. This is about 1997. He's the front stairs of a GS Mart or whatever it was at the time, and he's swimming back to Newfoundland. Yes, he was a Newfie, Gary. And he's swimming back. These two cops look at him on the, they step over him. And I said, hey, guys, would you like some ramen? And I said, don't you want to arrest him? Oh, one guy spoke English well. And he said, oh, no, we just don't notice the foreigners here. <laughs> and that guy that left them there swimming on the steps. It was it was, it was awesome yeah, it was in the more, time. More hassle than it was worth for yeah, them. Yeah, 100%. They didn't they want to bring that guy in. Bring back headaches and headaches. Didn't want to do. So let's keep removing then. Mm-hmm. Married, married for over 20 years? I did. I married... Lee Hee-jung, or Hee-jung Lee in the uh, Western vernacular, English name Ava. I gave it to her because uh, more ways than one. Hello, bada-bing, bada-bing. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, Ava, I named, I, I suggested her name after the beautiful Ava Gardner, Barefoot Contessa, Frank Sinatra's love. So, uh, yeah, I met this girl, and... Uh, 20 years later we're still married still doing it one uh, one thing i praise you guys i've praised you guys for in especially you in in previous podcasts is your uh your your dedication to your wives you always say don't 
you know, don't uh, don't step out, don't step out on the wives. You always give good advice, like don't go to bed angry, and you're always uh, <clears throat> you're always talking about the the benefits of marriage and the good things, not so much. And here, I think there is lots of opportunity to to step out oh, and 100 percent and uh and, and for get her a, as well remember that gentlemen and together <laughs> especially when you're a 55 fat bastard 55 year old fat bastard and she's 44 and looks dynamite like yeah. i mean seriously yeah. she got a way more bigger shot than i do <laughs> thank god i make more money because i got to throw more money into the pool but you know what i'm saying there's gotta be some balance there there you go it has to be that's something I wanted to to thank you for, man. Those were always wise words from from the older. Uh, You're welcome. Your first, bill will be the first generation. <laughs> so you you said two years. So you got married in '99. I got right? married in '98. So basically, it was under a year. I met her very, like, I wasn't here longer than I knew her from probably about eighteen months, but we had a tumultuous relationship. Not from her and I. But from the powers that be, being her mother and her family. Mm. At that time, when I got here, holding hands with a Korean woman would, on a public street, would get you at least two or three older Korean men coming up to you and dressing her down. They wouldn't say anything to me, but negative language doing the deal. That was wrong. Kissing in public? Are you freaking kidding me? Didn't happen. Koreans didn't either, but... A foreigner dating a Korean when I first came, it was definitely taboo. You still it, don't see kissing in public. Well, 100%. You except see, you between you and, you and Brian. And a, and a <laughs> I see that between you and Brian a lot. And I'm proud of you, right. too. I'm proud of you, too. That's and, good. And, and the, the most public displays of affection I see these days are the middle school kids. I mean, they, yeah. they got the most courage to... Uh, Mm. How, how about a couple of teas? Was that was that frowned upon? Oh, a couple of teas was dirigure, uh, par for the course. Yeah, Andy Foss said he was a champion of the couple of teas. I told my wife, this will never happen. As much as I love you, I won't won't ever happen. Well, basically, getting into my meet and greet story with my wife. Um, first time I saw her, she was working. Basically, Hagwan at the time. I didn't know anything. I was a dumb new teacher coming in. My Hogwan director pimped me out. I was teaching at the Hogwan for like five hours a day. Mm. But in the mornings, he was beating every you up morning, and taking your money. He was basically <laughs> sending me out to three or four different kindergartens a week. Okay. I didn't make a dime extra. Okay. He bought my lunch every day that I went in there. Which you were he was thankful for at the yeah. I was thankful for at the time. You know, I didn't know any better. Back then, I'd be like, Looking ooh, back. labor board, we got to do, you know. But I didn't know. I thought this is just the way it goes. So I ended up working at a place called uh, Kids English. I think that was it. In Oakdale. And I walked in there. Uh, you know, nice place. Two nice female directors, which was awesome. Beautiful ladies. I'm like, hi, how are you? We'd like you to come teach here. Walked in and into the main room, and there is this girl. Daisy Duke shorts on, half shirt, with the nicest belly I ever saw. <laughs> Not one of those, you know, Brian eight-pack bellies, you know, that you worked hard for. Just, <laughs> to be your wife's sister? Oh, I wish. That was my wife at the time. Beautiful, wearing the days. She's the art teacher. And he Jung spoke absolutely no English. Hello. Goodbye. She was cute, 
and she was fearless because she had no problem saying hello to me. As we know in Korea, uh, I just walked by a girl in my apartment building and I said to her, you know, good morning. And she went, what? Like <laughs> saying hello, you know, I know I'm an ugly fat man, but come on now. It's hello. Were you sweating as much then as uh, you arrived? Well, basically, I sweat in the winter here, man. You know, I'm a fat man with uh, 100%. I'm on the same team. 100% uh, forested carpeted hair growth on the front. I got 80% on the back, man. I'll tell you. As the Koreans call me, Yasu, beast is in the house. Uh, but my wife kind of liked that. And she thought I was handsome. Now, guys, go back in time. At that time, had a long hair. Hair was, was it a samurai top knot? It, it or was, was no it a- top knot like Scotty's rocking because I couldn't rock that back then. You know, nobody knew any better. But I did go as a samurai Tim Young Jung for Halloween. Okay. And it was awesome with a pencil in the hair and the top knot full up on there. <laughs> but uh, no, I had long hair. I was about 87, 80, 88 kilos at the time, which yeah. is pretty much my ideal weight. So it's awesome. So I was looking all right, and she thought, wow, this guy's fun. And the kids had a lot of fun with the kids. Uh, Just go ahead, uh, 20 years, interesting story. I go to teach a class at the college, all right? So as I'm going to teach this class, dental hygiene students, and uh, just for all those out there, if anybody in another country hears, dental hygiene students at 21 to 22 years of age are a joy to teach. Why? They're just so nice. No, hot as, hot as anything out there, right? <laughs> so anyway, one girl looks at me. Now, you know, they usually smile and laugh. It's in my introduction. She's staring at me and she starts crying. And I'm like, uh-oh, what have I done? <laughs> and she yells, she goes, Jeff, teacher? And I look at her and go, yeah, <laughs> he jung. Yeah, you were my teacher at Uchiwa. Wow, fast forward. So she brought me a snapshot from that day of me rocking the thing with a speech contest, her in it. And she's like, I remember you. You were wonderful. And I remember Heejong and you two still together. I'm like, that's awesome. So yeah, it was a good place. I met that girl. We ended up dating after the dating we got serious after we got serious her mother tried to kill me and her and uh, divide us then because again as i said a korean marrying a foreigner at that time all koreans saw was we're gonna take their children come on i mean i've only been married eight or nine years Mm -hmm. and it's it's not it wasn't any different in 2010 Mm. or 11 there you go i mean it was very the father-in-law was very against it, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know these days what it's what it's like for the guys that are getting married mm-hmm. or the women getting married to Korean guys. So has your mother-in-law come around to your amazing charm at this point, or? Oh, that's a long story, but my mother-in-law is up in heaven, I hope. And uh, long story, uh, Scotty. No, no worries, no worries. Things happened. Um, interesting about it had a happy that. ending. It did have a happy ending, but for seven years. Her mother never talked to us, and we had no communication with her family Mm. for seven years. Not on my end. I always push that. This was my wife's choice, her family's choice, and we lived in the same city. I wasn't taking this beautiful Korean woman, taking her back home and saying, ah, I'm going to, you know, 
make you, I liked it here. I liked what I was doing. I enjoyed. I didn't have any desire. Also, gentlemen, I think it has a lot to do with, I came over here at 33. I'd run the, uh, you know, uh, dating until, where are we going to be? What are we going to do? We should get married. Ah. Yeah. Jung never had any of those deals. Yeah. She told me the best line of my heart, of my life to my heart. She says, I don't care where we go. I just want to be with you. Oh. And yeah, you know, like I'm not saying it in that way, but she just, she never pushed. She was always there. She just, uh, she's a cool chick. But I got a problem with her now teaching english get off that my wife is a beautiful painter she's got gorgeous gorgeous paintings in our house in fact alan mckaylee one of my brother buddies has browbeat her so much she finally gave him a painting and told him to run away nice. like leave the house the whole deal but i i wish she would go back to art she's very talented mm. uh and again my wife <coughs> excuse me my wife was one of these people that she was looking for a way out, obviously. Mm. And marrying a foreigner for her was a, my wife, uh, geez. She didn't want to sign up for the traditional. She didn't want to do the traditional, have to go for that. She, you know, wanted something different. She liked the style, my style. She loved me, I hope, you know, we never know. But uh, she's also independent in her own way. For example, my wife got a tattoo 19 years ago. I think a year and a half. Back then, she said she covered it, she hid it. When she go to the bathhouse, it'd be like, you know, on her own and, and doing the deal. And, and she'd go to different neighborhoods so nobody knew her. She made these obvious choices like she wanted to change. And the greatest thing about my wife is her approach to English. She, she spoke no English whatsoever. Hello, goodbye. She learned English in a great way. How? Harry Potter, Twilight, enjoying herself, mm. talking to people the way you should, creatively finding the language, and doing it, doing it, doing it, not studying it exactly, doing it, practicing it, using it in everyday speech. So now she's an English teacher, uh, but uh, you know I'm very happy that she discovered something that she wanted to do, and luckily, luckily, we've been able to gel together. And she hasn't killed me so far. Knock on wood. Remember, I'm alive. Uh, when I go home, I tell friends, you know, drunken bastard that I am as I toddle home at some nights. Remember, I'm still alive at this point. So the death happened between this hour and this hour when my <laughs> wife decides finally to sojify my ass. You know what I mean? So it's all good. But uh, getting back to the mother, the mother-in-law, seven years she didn't. We got back together. <clears throat> I became very close very quickly with her mother-in-law because her mother-in-law respected strength. I always stood up to her. I never backed down. I never used crude language. Never mofoed my mother-in-law because, you know, it's my wife's mother. You can't do that. In fact, they come around so much that her brother actually lives with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't get him out. Anybody who can help me get him out, get him out. Son of a gun. Anyway, but... Uh, before she died, I visited her in the hospital every day, took care of her, and I got the greatest compliment ever from her. And she said, I when love, I go... I love you in Shining. <laughs> <laughs> thought I was Jack Nicholson. Man, I thought you were Jack Nicholson. Son of a bitch. All right? 
You don't know the truth. You can't handle the truth. Anyway, at the end, she uh, gave me a great recommendation where she said, I want you to take care of the family. I want you to be the man. And she actually had my name etched on her gravestone. Nice. Uh, in awesome. memory of, which was, you know, a complete turnaround. So mother-in-law, hey, you were tough as nails. But you know something? You never swayed. You were always tough. Yeah, I really respected her in the end. And... I respected her position. Once she got to know me, she realized, hey, man, this is not a bad guy who's going to protect my daughter, protect yeah. the family. But again, that's the way it goes. And that's one good thing these days. It seems to have come around a lot, and it's changed so fast. And one of the th- articles in the news last week or two weeks ago was, I think, 80% of unmarried people now are willing to date foreigners, men mm-hmm. and women. And you see a lot more women with Korean boyfriends and husbands. And it's really opened up. It's really changed a lot. Very much so. Because I remember the same thing. Walking in public mm. and we'd see someone 100 meters ahead we might know. And we'd, we'd let go of our hands and we'd walk different directions. And then we'd join mm. once we passed them. And yeah, it used to be like that all the time. Um, so it has. It's evolved a lot. And it's, it's nice now. And a lot of these young kids traveling all over, you know, they're getting some pretty big global experiences. 100%. And they're really... A lot more open-minded now. Well, just even the travel factor. If you do, sure. I we always survey. Uh, like uh, teaching at the college now, been there for what eleven years, but I do surveys with my students, and exactly what Nate just said. I always ask them all at the beginning of the year. I said, well, I want to do some surveys. How many of you? The three most interesting answers that I get are number one: How many of you want to get married? Back 10, 11 years ago, it was close to 100%. No. I'll get married. Now, 25 to 30% don't even want to get married. Mm. They're not interested in it, which I think is just amazing. And we all know how this single culture is going, you know, yeah. be on your own. Hell, the internet's changing, the lunch system's changing, all kinds of things changing for the single person. People, when I was just in Canada, there, people found it absolutely amazing or, or kind of crazy or strange that the honsur that's like you know drinking alone and i told him you know before we before we arrived julia was out in a bar meeting one of her friends and there was a girl there just hanging out watching youtube on her phone throwing drinking. throwing back beers and i there you go i always view drinking as a social event time to hang out with time to hang out with buddies or whatnot but what? Living, you, living alone. Buddies like Jack Daniels, Jim. <laughs> 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 Jimmy Beam. Yeah. yeah, I know those guys. Old Johnny, J Dubs. So listen, yeah. I mean, what, oh no, I was gonna oh. just you. You mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, internet there. Jeff somehow manages to stay intertwined in the community with zero SNS. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. When I came, there was no Facebook, and you know you had to go out and meet people and ask questions or send an email. You couldn't just you know, put on the Wilson Island there, where do you buy milk or where do you get this? Oh, or where, big time. You actually had to go out and meet people, ask questions, talk, socialize. Um, I still do that. Woo! <laughs> but yeah, you managed, you managed to keep off of it. How, uh, or what's, a, what's your reasoning for, for staying off of it? Well, number one, y'all knew they're data mining you to death. I've been telling people it wasn't paranoia. You, you didn't think? know that in 2009. Well, yes, I did. I told people anybody who gets on there, you're going to have your information. Look, believe it or not, yeah. I have it based in fact. Uh. My brother 
We can't tell his name right now. That might affect the security of Canada. They might steal one of our four battleships that don't work. <laughs> All right. That Sorry. Are, are but my brother ball. worked in communications <laughs> research. Now, here's one that will give you a, just a classic one about all of this. This is pre-internet. Pre my buddy and I, uh, let's say my buddy has a nefarious past, biggest smuggler in Canada of alcohol from America. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, one day he's in Ontario driving, and I'm in BC. He gives me a call. Right? We're on the phone three hours. I'm trying to keep him awake in a cross-country drive. He's doing late things, you know, in and out, uh, mucking about. Anyway, three months later, I come back to Ontario, and my brother hands me a tape. On the tape is a conversation between my bro my buddy and me. He says, is this you on the tape? I said, that's me and the buddy on the tape. And he, I said, how did you get this? Isn't this illegal? And he says... You wouldn't believe what people listen into. So mm. then when the internet came and different things, he says, are you crazy? And again, my brother wasn't saying anything specific, but he says, they are listening in deluxe. Anything you put up on a digital footprint is going to be used for whatever. Now, uh, was I so crazy? No, the reason I didn't get on Facebook, because I'm a bitch. That's it. <laughs> I'm just anti, you know, everybody adopting it. I got to go the other way. Ah, screw that. And then it just became a point of being too much of a bitch that I could never get on it because, you know what, I bitched too much of it. It was like Michael Jackson when he, he was great. Now we all look back and there's problems with him, but I loved his music, but I couldn't get on board because he was Michael Jackson. So then I bitched about it. And then after everything happened, counterculture, I'm going to do, I still think we should develop Assbook. Assbook? Assbook. Listen, <laughs> not Facebook, Assbook. Now, we can put great asses on there. Yes. No, no, no. I don't mean it in such a way, Scotty, but I mean it in jackass. Dumbass, smartass, all right, and just great asses. Yes, it's misogynistic, but hey, we'll go male, female. We'll do they, we'll do him, we'll do her. We'll do twigs, we'll do eggs. We don't care. Chubby bubbies, who gives a shit? But I'm saying, no matter what you put out there, as many candidates have found out, nothing's hidden, nothing's sacred. So the only way I stay connected is I try to talk to a lot of people. I do get out once or twice a week meeting with people. And as we come back to the network, you, Brian, Scotty's back in town. Brian and Nate stay very connected with people. But I always find that I much prefer to see them in person. Mm. Because, you know, yeah, it's great talking, you know, digitally. And cacao is always great. We've got buddies all over the world and a couple of chat rooms. Those are great. But at the same time, Twitter. What a piece of shit. <laughs> Anything that has twit in it. Twit. Twit. Twitter, you're an idiot going on there. Look at it's the you know the the what media of choice for Donald J J Trump. What a goon! All right. So like I mean you know again my choice for staying off that. The other thing is I read a great article and it must have been about ten years ago, hmm. and it said that Facebook. Uh, one of the guys on Facebook he said you know. After joining Facebook and putting all my friends on there, talking a lot with them, he said, I discovered what a bunch of 
dicks they are. Yeah. You know, yeah. by posting too much. But on the other hand, I've watched you guys and I've watched my good friend Alan, all right? Use it for parties, use it for announcements, yeah. use it for like groups. I love Facebook's groups. I think they're wonderful. Like-minded people. It's an important. It's, it, 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 if used right, like if any, used like any correctly, tool. like anything, it's a great tool. And again, you know, many of you guys have called me the grandpa. Mm. Oh, he doesn't know nothing. You know, I know a ton of a lot about this. Do you know that you have a Facebook profile? I know that <laughs> I know Kung Jeff Kung Fu Panda has yeah. a Facebook profile <laughs> made by Winifred. But uh, well. It, it's looking at it like this. Like for example, in the last week, Jeff I Ray. discovered I discovered Wakelets, which is a cool grouping of uh, websites, which is fantastic for students. I discovered uh, uh, what if, what when about forty two massive, massively cool websites that are fantastic because I'm trying to stay current. I want to know what's out there. I do enjoy it, but the greatest thing about staying off the thing is. I don't get the bullshit flack that everybody gets. Like, did you hear what so-and-so said on me? Who cares? Say it to my face, mofo, and I'll deal with it then. Yeah. That's not like, my deal. Like you said, I like using it for for meaningful reasons. Yes. Like one, to stay connected you got, with family. I think and you do, you do well with it. And two, for the groups and promoting your, your clubs or whatever I think is great. The mindless scrolling... Uh, if it's YouTube or Facebook or whatever, just the internet in general. Mm -hmm. If you're into the mindless scrolling, yeah, that's that becomes a major. You do issue. have to kind of self audit doing that. I, I, I know, I know how bad it is. But yesterday, trying to edit the the previous uh, the previous episode here, I had to go on and get a picture to make your question list, and what I, I found Jeffrey Kung Fu Panda Young, and then it was oh oh my God, look at this picture, and you're going through an album. I went oh that was thirty minutes of my time just. Totally, go. totally gone doing, doing nothing. Totally immersed. Yeah. It's like you were just saying, Nate, YouTube, love it and hate it. Yeah. YouTube, you get on there, you know, maybe 11 o'clock, you know, you might have an early class the next day. Usually I got a 7 a.m. class. Next thing you know, I'm three hours deep yeah. because it's suggested one, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, and, uh, and Russian, Russian dash vid camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are just like, I mean, I watch them, you know, like, driver reactions and you get into yeah. that or best and then i get into comedians then i get into uh, <laughs> and next thing you know like That's i mean it, though. It yeah it is going, it's, right? it is definitely and hey i've enjoyed the hell out of it yeah. you know but it's addictive as we all know it's sure. like you know watch like, this watch this bully get knocked out there you go oh, knocked oh, somebody God, and sign I love, me up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah for me i love singing programs they rock my world where all over the world where somebody gets up and i like that rocks a great song oh i, I think it's carpool great, karaoke oh Dude. Carpool karaoke and like seriously, James because Gordon. I think his show is terrible, other than car carpool karaoke. He has other but shows? I, well, no, his talk show, show. Oh, the rest. His of talk show, show the whole deal. I love James Corden, but he did that one with Paul McCartney. Yeah, it was, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. Him and Justin Bieber get along great, and shows a good side of Justin Bieber because, hey man, kid's talented out the ass, but he's a dumbass. All right, like I mean, I he'd think be he's dumbass of the week. He might be handling eight billion dollars better than 
most yeah but again he, i think he's done well what is he worth three four hundred million now oh god something in like that anyway doing least. very well his buddy scooter braun taylor swift don't like him too much speaking speaking of hollywood gossip not oh, found on sns <laughs> anyway yeah you know you can keep up on your stuff i love sports mm. i love that but it's even like sports talk Nate, you know, we as Canadians, we know, but I love NFL football, even though I'm Canadian because I picked a good sport. Sorry, boys. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you get into there like, you know, there's so much trash talk and so much on there. You, you really, like Brian said, you got to edit it. But it's nice to be able to pick and choose. Like, yes, for instance, very much. For instance, podcasts or sports talk radio or whatever you want. Very much. If I listen to that when I'm driving, that's awesome because before I used to have to listen to the radio, which there I might only enjoy 20% of the content. I agree. But that, that was the only option. So in that way, I love that I can listen to it you know, whenever I want. And we're lucky in Korea, the, the internet speeds and downloading Pass. speeds and stuff are, are top notch. So yeah. we're lucky in that regard. Something that, that we wanted to bring up as well was, uh, I don't know, if, Scott, if you know, Jeff, one of the first times I visited your house, um, I saw... <laughs> An award on your uh, on your mantle for honestly the the best citizen in in Ulsan. Well, I don't well, know it was if this was ten years best teacher. Ten years best teacher, teacher of the decade. Teacher of the decade. Yeah, baby, I got well, that. Well, I was gonna say because I mean I, I've only seen Jeff do very citizenly things. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be for citizens. You guys are way better citizens than I am. But teaching, hey man, I got my jam. I like what I do. I think I. Give a lot to the students and do well. Yeah. What uh, or who was who handed that out or was that basically that was <laughs> <laughs> he just had a printed uh, was on a candy heart you know <laughs> teacher of the decade well done sir you get it um, basically I don't know Troy McDonald God love him he arranged this through the Ulsan Volunteer Association basically. Jeff had been here for a long time. Like Jeff that. had done well, UIVC, and that uh, they wanted to hand out something and say in recognition of basically basically putting in the time, all right? You lasted. You survived. Yeah, exactly. Years. I survived. I did all those. But also that I had a very good reputation with, uh, I guess, the people that matter. Right. You know, I've survived 11 years at the college where I've seen a lot of people come and go. I survived seven years of teaching privately, Myungjung, everywhere. And everywhere I left, I've had great relationships with those people. And I don't know, you know, like changing jobs, people got to do it. People got to do it. But I just find that, you know, many, many times if you can stick it out and work from within, in the system where you can like i've been at that college for 11 years and god love them it's got a lot of pluses it's got a lot of minuses but the biggest plus that i find is i've been able to i've been able to connect with students you know Mm. right like i mean take away their fear make them comfortable with english make them realize that hey it's not a grammar fest mm. it's not studying 42,000 words a day it's interact 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 guys say hello hi move on to your next question you don't need perfect voca- vocabulary you don't need perfect grammar no. just talk man get it out there sure. and uh, being here being here over uh, over 20 years you are an absolute workhorse there's no uh, very rarely. I mean, even on vacation, you're doing camps, you're doing you're doing lots of extra things. 
Um, not today. A lot of that. Today's <laughs> only only podcast. We need we need fully energized Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of teachers come here after a year or two. They get burnt out. I've gone through a period of of feeling super burned out. What keeps your motivation up? What keeps you going? What keeps you ticking? That's a great question because buddies like the guys who've been here a long time, you guys. It's it's so funny when I say to Brian, how long have you been here now? 12 years. 12 years <laughs> on junior. Yeah. Right, Nate, how long? 15. 15 years. <laughs> yeah. oh, the young teachers, we're bringing them along. But yeah, uh, me, Al, Mark, a few others who've been here quite a long time talking about motivation. How do you get... Uh, the number one thing I've been able to do that has kept my motivation is I've had free reign at mm. my job. I've been able to control what I do, when I do, because I get results. Mm. So my motivation more than anything, like Nate and I shared a class of Korean kids and foreign kids. More than anything, I don't care if 90% of them don't get it. But when you see that light bulb pop on one kid who realizes you went the extra mile for him. You sat there. For example, I do a lot of cooking classes. I love. There's the other thing, Brian. Um, Nate, Scott, you know, if you can possibly, I love cooking and teaching. I love learning something new and sharing it with them. I love giving of myself and they know me and they're able to ask questions. So the motivation comes from doing something I enjoy and passing on the kids. Yeah. And the students coming back to me, for example, I did a camp just uh, two weeks ago. And at the last day, I had a lady, she was 49 years old, which I'm seeing a lot more in Korean. Older students coming back. This is awesome. Mm. So she has the most difficult time because, you know, in Korea, that's just not par for the course. Anyway, they all finished the camp on the last day. They made a presentation to me, a book, uh, Toy Story 4, You're Our Hero. And they all signed it, said, thank you so much. They're going to the Philippines. They're traveling all over. They got a lot of the camp. But the, the greatest thing was that they all said, you made us not afraid of English. And that English could be fun. Yeah. So my mission and my motivation is... Make it fun. Stop pretending like it's this <clears throat> neuroscience, all right? It's, hi, how are you? Engage. Yes, if you're taking literature, translation, all those things. Yes, you need to move it to a higher level. But guys, we got to get them over the basics of meet, greet, and go on. It's got to be enjoyable, right? Yes. But that drive, they, I, they think, lose it. I think that fear or that elongation of, of learning the language is more why the or like why they're what do you say they've monetized it right and they want to drag yes, that out 100%. In, instead of a, a month-long phonics course you can teach oh. any kid to read in a month probably it's like a barista course for four weeks i learned barista in 30 minutes are you <laughs> ridiculous it's a button you idiots it's a button all right it's really coffee in tamp it down put it up hit the button swirling milk what like I went into a coffee shop, right? And <laughs> give me a vanilla. Yeah, there you bullshit. go. Went in there to the coffee shop, and the guy spent four minutes doing a rose in my in my wife's foam. Yeah, he, he, he paid for that. One. He paid for that one, right? You mean a foam and, and a rose? Then, <laughs> nobody needs a foam and rose, but I, I worked with her later on it, and we did a foam and rose of our own. But bada bing, but. Uh, 
After she gets the coffee, the coffee's cold. Idiot. Make a little design. Do what you can. But uh, anyway, coming back, as you said, it doesn't have to be this. It can be fun. It can be that. And kids got to be challenged. Students got to be challenged. And that's the end of the day. If you're not challenging yourself as a teacher, then you're not going to challenge these kids. And they got to have the ability to go off the grid. And I want to bring that last point back to Nate. Nate just said, Internet, what you're doing here, podcasts, all that, so much on the Internet. Mm. And, for example, doing these wakelets, trying to organize websites that are fantastic for the students, right? It's options. We need to give students options. Let them think outside the box, all right? They do. Now they all think of being YouTube heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll, I'll go to the next one there. Where I mentioned before, and like you just said, you you work lots. You keep mm-hmm. up your motivation. Where did you develop this work ethic? Was this was this? Uh, were you forged in the in, in the oven of Niagara Falls? Forged yeah. in the oven of Niagara Falls. <laughs> we, Bri, you know, guys, man, growing up in Niagara, you have no idea. I do. It's no Thunder Bay. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. we didn't kill Terry Fox. No, oh, hurting, hurting, hurting. <laughs> Got a lot more people, right? And uh, like Niagara was a very interesting city because my first real job was at 14 i worked full-time summer and then i worked all the way through we always had an option to work and if you didn't work your buddies were all working so you needed to get that job so the work ethic was the other thing was something that i believe has to be done now with all younger people my ma said Hey, you want to buy those new pair of jeans? They look good. Same. Buy them. I will give you everything you need. My mom and dad worked their asses off to give us a great house, a great pool, vacations all the time. Fantastic parents, wonderful people. But if I wanted something like, you she's know. Not, she's not going to moonlight to buy Yes, that. 100%. Yeah. And, she, and they did moonlight. Like my mom would work a summer. My dad were going to. Just to put in the pool, all right, to get yeah. us that extra Disney World, Disneyland vacation. Been to both? Yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> so they could do that. But now, nowadays, it seems the molly coddling of young people, of Ulsan people living here, rich, bitch, privileged. Uh, I don't mean bitch in that way. Rich, bitch, privileged, privileged kids who don't want to go to work and don't any kid in my class who comes and say I have a part time job. I got a newsback kid who tells me I go out of town. I oh, work please, in a factory. Please tell tell that story. Give give some more light on that. Okay. I I heard that the other day. And uh, it was just uh, just to to contrast it with. Uh, you can't paint everyone with the same brush. But no, a lot 100%. of kids are. A lot of them are. The the parents tell them your job is to study yeah. and, no, and nothing else. There's Great. no we didn't have that or I didn't have that luxury growing up. Mm-hmm. It was work. For, you know, uh, one day during the week, Saturday, Sunday mornings, on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, throughout the semester. And if I worked one shift on a summer vacation, this was a, a relaxing day. If it, it was a standard yeah. double, well, you make money to pay for jobs. But this is a culture where only an A-plus brain can get you a good university, which gets you a yeah. good job, which gets you a good Very life true. and a good wife. So in that, I mean, I can understand the culture here. There's no resources. It's, it's, it's only human resource. Um, it's brains, and that's why they train them so hard because that's they, their only idea of success is to be the top in your class everywhere you go to get a good job for a good life. But the 
the only skill in the world is not the not academic skills though. And and through through a part time job, I think well, a lot of the, Nate says, a lot of the soft skills that aren't that aren't necessarily well, testable are are very important. They to, don't teach soft skills sure. here. Yeah. And that's what's killing it nowadays because soft skills are what are needed to develop podcasts, develop internet things, to have new ideas. Calling me soft, bro? Yeah, baby. But, we, <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, we had, we had a lot of opportunities, different mm. opportunities growing up where Very here, I mean, so. they're putting these study machines from, I, mm-hmm. I told you, they just asked me to teach a, a interview prep class to seven years old, seven year olds. Oh, that's five years old in Western age. To get, five or six years <laughs> to old. To get into academies when they go to elementary school in March. They're going into grade one, so they'll start doing English academies. <sighs> and they asked me if I can do a class three times a week for seven year olds to prep them for the private academy interview to get in. It's ridiculous. And they asked me if I could recommend a book, and I said, what kind? I don't think there is a book for seven year old test prep for interview prep. <laughs> <laughs> not not picking your nose during the exam. Mm-hmm. There you go. So they're put in these study machines from so young that, 100%. you know, they don't get all the, and, and it's changing. It, it, is, it is changing. But in general, they don't get the opportunity. And if you say, I want to be a, a chef or a taxi driver, or a, it's not, you know, they, they don't care for that. No, no, you're going to go and you're going to do this and you're going to be this. So my grandmother often said, the different. world needs ditch, ditch diggers. Right. But in this society, they don't allow that. And you're right. Nate. And I'm not when I say about the rich bitch kids that are feeling privileged and all that. What I'm saying is now you've your parents have pushed you through. They've sacrificed everything. Now it's up to you. And I'm saying at the college level, they have options to pick up part time jobs and do work. And as you're asking about, Brian, I, I contrast it with students who come in and they, we know this. We get this every Monday morning. How was your weekend? Oh, so tired, teacher. What did you do? Oh, drinking. Uh, really? Three hours of three hours. Blah, blah, blah. But you're tired. You could you slept nine hours last night doing the deal. Now they have the options to work and to make money or or not. Mm. And of the Korean class, I did part of my surveys, and three or four of them have jobs. Maximum and they, three or four. They don't understand that tire. They don't understand no. hard work. We used to go partying, drinking till two, three in the morning, and we'd be at the golf course cutting greens. They might not no. have been straight, but <laughs> it's we'd be cutting greens at six in the morning, and that was it because that's what you had to do. But yeah. I mean, just again to to go one level beyond that, there might be someone listening to this who looks at that and goes, "Oh, wow, you you slept." Five hours in your nice bed. You know, I bet yeah. there, there's a lot of other countries well, that are this is what I was that are working so much harder than this we are. Sure, and this life. was the comparison that, like yeah. Nate said, what struck us between the eyes. We were doing our final exams for this class, and I had a job. He's doing job interview ones. I was doing prep interview ones, and asking them what's going on with them. And one of our students says, "Every weekend, I've been going up to where is it." Chinju or Masan? Chinju. He was going up to Chinju every weekend. Kid from Uzbekistan, all right? And he was working in a factory, 12 hours, both days. And he said, you know, teacher, I don't know if I should tell Nate, teacher, this accomplishment. And I said, what is it? I was, I've been able to send a million won to my mother in Uzbekistan. $1,000. About $1,000. So he sent $1,000 to his mother in Uzbekistan. So I said... I know a lot of you Uzbek students. What is the average wage in Uzbekistan? And Brian, this uh, extrapolating from what you said, mm. right? Harder, Leo. And he says, 
oh, about one to two dollars an hour is the so average wage. Of- so he sent a thousand dollars to your mother, and he said that will cover her bills and the family's bills for six months plus wow. of him working that. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, you tell Nate that story. You be proud of your work ethic of what you're doing. Plus, in class, the kid messaged me three or four times a day asking me about things, questing for knowledge, doing that. So, yes, it's true. Korean, what do you want to call The Korean study cauldron. Putting them all in, robotically doing that, making them automatonic in a way of they must do this, they must do that. But now, once they get out, sure, maybe they want to be a YouTube star. Maybe they want to be a League of Legends boss and be pro gamer dogs. They've got options. Now they've got to start taking control, getting those part-time jobs, making money for themselves, and learning a work ethic. Mm-hmm. All right? Because their parents got it. Because this country is amazing. They don't even know how amazing they are. Rose from the Han, the trashed... Uh, economy that it was after the Korean War in 1953 and have created this because of hard work. Sure. These company guys, they crush me. Like you say, but you know, you but say they, about But they, in, they see it as the studying is the hard work. It's not the labor anymore. The studying is the hard work and that mm-hmm. hard work is going to pay off with this beautiful job that mm-hmm. sets you up for life. But that was five years ago yeah. when it started peaking out and now it has to evolve it has to change and as you say look at the culture now like uh, we're just talking to scotty about 30 percent of them don't want to get married anymore this like you say say drinking alone i would imagine so did you know that one of the stats that i loved last year for the first time ever soju was not the number one selling product at a convenience store what was box lunches no. The, the lunch set. I saw an article on that. Yeah, yeah the lunch set. So, right. like, I mean, that shows that people are doing alone. And, again, if they're not marrying, this low birth rate is not going to get better. So, what Jeez. are we going to do? Has to be new avenues, new ideas, new things. And that's the one thing that Korea is good at is, is changing. Damn. They, they change really fast. And a lot of, some things take a long time, but a lot of things they do change really fast. Um, innovation, innovation isn't exactly their their forte, but they they also can do that. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the next ten years because some major major changes are needed. It has to be done. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, living here for as long as I have, one thing that I've been struck by about Koreans more than anything else is that they are cognizant personally of the problems that they're facing. But collectively, they don't want to do anything about it. They'll mm. still send them to the hog one, the whole deal. And they, like all my company guys tell me, it takes time. It takes time. 10 years probably to change this. But I think that challenge spirit, challenge yourself. Do something different for your kids. Give them an ability to go different. You know, this year I had a kid with a neck tattoo and long hair walking in my class. And I went, hey, man, that's all right. Mm. You look a little different. Choose your own path. Do something different. But again, how do we get it more? By introducing kids to choice, to and, options. And that's pretty hard considering this is, well, 
commonly known as the most homogeneous country in the world. Oh, it is. It's, it's a lot easier back home or even in any of the other countries in Asia. But Isn't that milk? Homogeneous milk? <laughs> Jeff's off that homogeneous. Oh, I'm off yeah. the milk! Don't bring up the milk! Korea's also the most uh, pasteurized <laughs> yes. in the world. Okay, good. listen, you've endured a lot of stuff here. How mm-hmm. much longer do you think you can you can stay in the game? What What is your plan? Do you think you can retire here? You said you've been through a lot at the university or the college, the hagwon, the private teaching. How much longer do you think you can last? How much longer do you want to last? And what's the what's the plan in the future? Because it's something we think about often. How at what age do I have to leave? Go to a third country? Go home? Well, I'm not going back to Canada in the winter. Never <laughs> going to happen. No, no. Went back a few years ago. Minus forty five. Are you freaking <laughs> ridiculous? Trying to smoke outside. I almost broke my nose. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. What's wrong with you people? Who lives like that? Are you nuts? Yeah, we won't get into frozen tits or anything like that, Brian. You know, but like, I mean, as an exit, an exit strategy, I don't really have an exit strategy. Gee, I don't think it has to be an exit strategy. Even maybe yeah, exit out of the graduate. working game. Yeah, yeah, but. graduate, whatever. But I look at maximum. I think I got four to five years. Mm. All right, at my age, doing whatever. Uh, again, then I want to get into a private game. The private game. Hold maybe. on, hold on. If you don't have the coke and, and chocolate milk, you got about ten years left. There you go. <laughs> ten working. I can work for fifteen more years. Uh, also, here's one of the things I don't foresee. You know, I'd love to live the life of Riley. You know, be rich, choose where you go, do what you do. But from what I've seen, it looks pretty damn boring. I want to be in the game. I want to be producing whatever it may be doing. Brian and I have often talked about, well, the three of us. The three of us, that's all we talk about. Future (laughs) ideas, 100%. And that's the one thing. I love that you guys are motivated. Look, I love that you're doing this podcast. I love the thing. So personally for me, Three ideas. Number one, got to write a book. All right. I don't care if it becomes a bestseller or a, but I've done so many things. Like we didn't even get to the fact that I pushed my friend over the falls in a barrel. Woo! <laughs> Rode a jet ski across the Bermuda Triangle. Oh yeah, baby. Have done that. Oh yeah. Actually, uh, it was so bad there. You know, we went out with one to, the, the, you know, the sea report was one to three feet of swells yeah. yeah once you got out that that was four to six feet of swells on a jet ski not a fun thing yeah. four and a half hours later the salt and sea air uh dried upon me cracked my nipples my nipples were bleeding i tell you <laughs> driving across the bermuda triangle i was hoping some alien took me up on there i'm saying so <laughs> Got a few ideas. We're going to no problem. Just, <laughs> just lube my nipples, bro. There you go. <laughs> and like, I mean, that was, I've done a lot of things, a lot of adventures that I want to put down and do it. That's an idea, just personal thing. But for growth per se, I want to get into the idea of bringing students in and challenging them to find their personal nirvana something that really life rocks coach. the world not so much a life coach per se but a there is damn one, good life coach there is an english life coach in ulsan really who yeah I, I thought i saw one online uh yeah no i don't want to be a life coach what i'm saying is i want to get students in and i want to take them and instead of having just here's what we're going to teach in english basically 
making a package for them. For example, one of my students, uh, we know ASAP. This kid is phenomenal. He just wants to work in other things. He's in the running shoes. He's in, and give him the options with the availability of the internet, making personalized study programs for, which are not study programs. Here, go to this website. Learn about this and then go take a marketing class, which is online for free, mm. all in English. If we can meld a student with their passion, something they like, and make them take it English. I look at my wife, best example, Harry Potter, Twilight. These things were easy for her. So those are one of the things I'd like to do, make it more personalized in the education approach. Finally, restaurant, baby. Love to really? open a restaurant, but not here. I'd like to be on a beach somewhere. Cuba huge. Down. Oh, yeah. I've been to Cuba. You don't want to be there. No infrastructure. They're going to be. No, I'm just saying Cuba and America's just pulling out again. They need five years of working on their infrastructure. Get a great place, Cuba. Loved it to death. Warm beach somewhere. Large teaching kitchen. Ten guest rooms, small hotel. Every day we come in. Today we're doing Jamaican. Mm. Tomorrow we're doing Mexican. Chicken, da, 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 da. Yeah, we got some jerk chicken. Woo, baby, that's all good. Yeah, man, Rasta. It's all good. We would enjoy ourselves. So again, retiring in Korea. I've never really even thought about it. Like because I don't think about retirement. I've never been one of those people who said. I think I'll try to work, hopefully do better, mm. and then but I think come out upon of, new out of formal teaching. The idea of retirement probably comes from the yeah. the factory worker of I'm, yeah, I'm there sick you go. of tired. Your body's broken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't lift things. And that's anymore. the thing, yeah. man. Physically, teaching now, teaching can be physically hard on us. I put a lot of energy in. I do a lot of work. Love the I've seen doing Jeff that. dangle kids out of windows. There you go. <laughs> All part of love and respect. They loved it. Yeah. Try the Michael Jackson on. But it. like you said earlier, how you've endured so long, or you've lasted, or, or whatever. I think we talked about that earlier this week or last week. That having the freedom to pick and choose your work and yes. take as much as you want and control yourself, even if you had a boss or someone you had to answer to, but you could kind of teach underneath. It's, it's kind of in the yes. middle, but just having complete freedom well, to kind of do what you want is... What we have at our colleges, I think there's... You do have a boss, but they're not yeah. influencing your, your, no, your teaching. Your day to day. There's no micromanagement of it. It's macro, and they allowed you. The other thing is they know you get results. Macro or invisible? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I'd say invisible more in my case. And I've been lucky, but again... It's because the students have responded favorably to right. what I'm doing, doing the deal. Sure. But at the same time, I believe that I want to get more internet savvy with my teaching, learning things. Like Google Classroom, you're showing me how to hook these things up. I learn different things by my own trolling on the internet, finding out what a... Sorry, not trolling, scrolling. <laughs> I don't troll anyone because I don't go on social media. The only people I troll are these guys here because I troll them in person. It's old school. Old school troll. Old, old school troll. Where I wait under a bridge. You know how it is. It, nobody comes under the bridge, but I was just under the bridge with the man. Did I call him yeah, Jeff? They call him Jeff Togebi? Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. So, yeah, you know, like, I mean, as... Far as retirement, I don't know. I really don't know. But I do know that I want to keep 
progressing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very fortunate, as you said, to enjoy what I do and to get the feedback. Like one of the things my wife says about her teaching, she doesn't know, you know, the score was good. But, like, I mean, I get so much from the kids who are, thank you, teacher. I, you know, that was great. You gave me confidence. You get, I'm getting more direct feedback that allows me to go forward. And hopefully I can stay motivated and find ways to teach into the future. And maybe there'll be some business opportunities Branch on top of that. Yeah, you never well. know. Whatever I could do. Huh? Podcast for life. <laughs> Kevin uh, Kevin Pope was on one of the earlier um, mm-hmm. on one of the earlier podcasts, and he he proposed a foreigners retirement compound. Do you think it could uh, Do you think it could work in Korea? I think it could work. Would Actually, you, I think you, that's a great idea. Yeah. But you, I wouldn't live there. <laughs> You're not good enough at shuffleboard, what? <laughs> well, if we had certain things, uh, I think the proposal of that, but. Here's another thing. I just reading about that aging population, mm. a retirement community. Huh? Sorry, not my idea. I'm never going to be part of a retirement community. But if we use that retirement community as a teaching aid, get those people doing fun things, tours, giving. But isn't that what a retirement community is? Well, I don't know. Have you lived in one? Well, I don't know. Mom and dad's in Florida, and it's you know swimming, shuffleboard, bingo nights, craft days, Mm -hmm. dances. I mean, every kind of social activity. I mean, it it keeps them active. Grown man play dates. There you go. Where if you're in Canada minus forty in the winter, I agree. You're not going anywhere. Oh, I will. You know. So five months of the year, your social system's cut off. But I think to Jeff's point, it's not necessarily about social interaction even. It's more about productive use of time rather than just purely entertainment or I agree. You know, things like that. Which I, I think, you know, again, I look at my mom. My mom's going to be 80 this uh, next year. Going back to Canada for a big bash. All the family from various parts of the globe showing up for that. Now, my mother, she'd never join a retirement community. Not her deal. But she's fortunate to have a man in her life. And my mother volunteers. She does this. She does that. She has become completely productive mm. with her deal. So I think a retirement community is great. And I'd love to be part of it, all the programs. I just don't know if I want to live there. You, right? you know, it's like Groucho Marx said, man. Why would I join any club that would want me as a member? Yeah. Right? Do you really want me there all the time? Like, I mean, you know. Eh. And as Scotty just said, like productivity, like having things to look forward to is the key. You know, how many people do you hear? Retire. Look up the, uh, the money and, you know, three weeks later, die of a massive heart attack because they've got no uh, mission in life, no thing to look forward to. Whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm, retirement community is a great idea. As you also mentioned, Nate, options. The more options you got in life, life can only be better, all right? You can choose what you want to be productive in, how you want to be productive, and where I also, it's going to go. I also think a lot of it depends on your health. Very much. I mean, you can say whatever, but if you can't take care of your, if you can't cut your grass and. How long and do take I get? No Coca Cola? No milk? You think I give me an extra and, and 10 take years? Take care of your yard or whatever. I mean, then all of a sudden, yeah. okay, living in a, a senior's condo complex where you have at the community center and stuff, maybe it's a lot more yeah. practical. Mm. Very much. Um, Downsizing is just a, a fact of life. Health would definitely depend on it. And I say, I. I Very much so. You know, we had that negative. Uh, impression of trailer parks and, and everything. Oh, but no. once I got down to Florida and I went and, nice. and saw mom and dad's, I mean, they're 
I, I would live there in a minute. Yeah. Um, and not at all is it, you know, really quiet and, oh, and there's some wild centers. guys. They're, they're, you know, on their golf carts drinking beers down the road. And, yeah. But it's kind of a private, like-minded. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're, they're old and out of the game. But, you know, I used to be an electrician. Okay, now he fixes all the trailers electrical problems i used to be a carpenter okay he does there you are that's productive everybody kind of you know does what they're good it's your boat man if that's what's floating your boat some of those retirement committees are the boss something i want to do more as i as i get older is actually producing i've I've found in in my life i get the the greatest joy from making or whether you said writing a book uh whether it's making a book or or creating creating Uh, anything you could probably speak to this you make your your lights or whatnot that's uh that and and being involved in you know connecting uh in the community through volunteering are the two things i derive the most uh and you guys have done well the eh? most kudos uh, to both of you the you most, guys are uh, awesome. the most joy from well done yeah in my 34 years i'll drop some wisdom on everyone but anyways <laughs> the the uh yeah no produ- creating or, or producing is definitely i i can't agree more that that's that's, I, I that's just, something yeah, that everyone should strive even like for example for. now i had uh, like cut off everything in my schedule. I've only done a couple of things. Like I said, as you guys know, I work hard when I got to work. But now I said, and then I'm at, you know, the computer. It's nine at night. I don't want to watch another drama. Mm, Braveheart. I, I don't want to watch Braveheart again because I haven't been drinking. Braveheart is when Freedom. you're drinking. Freedom. By the way, best movie Ever, <laughs> whatever you say. I... The only the only man brave enough to start Braveheart at three a.m. after a full night of drinking <laughs> and finish it and finish it. Three weeks end. ago, started and finished Braveheart at three a.m. Yeah, it made the next day schedule a little wonky, but it's all good. But <laughs> where the hell were we anyway? Creating. Ah, uh, yeah, being creative and doing that, and now especially with the options via computers. Yeah. All right, you've got, you can make your own beatbox, you can record, you can do that. Like, you don't have, you're not limited, you can put certain things in. Like, I mean, as I say, quest, quest for knowledge, learn some stuff. Mm. We're never too old. Like, I mean, there's so much out there to learn, do. Well, so I think the internet's a great thing for for that generation yeah. to to keep them in the game and keep them active and learning and reading and you know 100%. you can get everything at your fingertips. I don't mean they should be on there all day, but there's a lot of options for them now, which is great. And if it's teaching yourself how to cook or, or sew so. or or break. whatever, <laughs> or break, nice, nice, nice. No, they need to do it the way I did it. I had no YouTube when I started. So. Yeah. Uh, the hard way, the old fashioned. That's way. right. Last last one I want to get in here before yeah, we take off. Yeah. You you've had a, a group of dogs as long as I've known you. Um, it's, a pa- used, it's a pack of dogs. It's a pack. pack. <laughs> Mongrels. Uh, I was I was gonna say a herd, but I know it's a herd. <laughs> you know what you call a group of crows? You've had the murder. It's a murder of crows. You've had the pack of dogs there for the ages. <laughs> They've come and gone. There's wow. been a few additions, a few subtractions. Give us a little bit on the dog culture in Korea. Ooh, very interesting culture originally the dog was there while i brought kids to canada one year without my wife i said i'm going to bring a group of kids to canada she said well i need a companion and i said get a lover and she said no i don't want that and i said oh you're a good woman anyway she wanted a dog so we got one dog 
Gizmo, God love them. And then we got a, uh, got a partner for Gizmo. Next thing, we're starting to have puppies. Next thing, we got a brood. We got four dogs, <laughs> all right? It was just amazing. They were great dogs and the whole deal. Dog culture in Korea, it's, how do I say, very different, very interesting in some ways. A lot more people have dogs nowadays, especially with the single culture growing up, yeah. a lot more having companions, uh, a lot more dog-friendly areas, dog park in Ulsan, a couple of them now, great areas to walk your pet dogs. Pet shops opening up. Pet shops all over, pet cafes, pet Grooming. hotels, yeah. grooming. Uh, I, I saw somebody said there's a mobile grooming service now. Oh, I yeah, see. So, like, I mean, <laughs> all good. You know, my dog's been mobile. What's, the name, what's the name of the dumb and dumber? What's that? Shagging uh, <laughs> wagon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, any of these things, when I started out with the dogs, it was kind of like they were just, you know, in, in the neighborhood. Now, I was fortunate enough. I didn't live in a big apartment building. I lived in a villa, small Jutex. So, easy to take the dogs out. Dogs got a lot of things. You know, they're all good. But, again, I, I have apartment dogs. Mm. Shih tzus. Tiny little things, you know. Like, I mean... I've had bigger apartments, so they've got room to run. They got room to. Finally, we, our newest dog called Poodle. Well, of course, she's a poodle named Poodle. Just to mess with the Koreans, yelling at her Poodle. They're like, it's a poodle, idiot. I know, but that's why she's a nutbag. But we rescued her. Uh, we rescued her. Actually, friends of ours, Mark and Lisa, found her. Somebody beautiful little dog put out. And there's a the thing. That's the 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 bad end of this culture is many people don't realize what it takes to take care of a pet mm. putting a pet out on the street and there's a pet running around they move to a new building and the pet is going yeah so next thing you know that poor dog is either you know um, one way ticket to dog soup or uh, uh you know doing something else they're in a shelter which are good yeah. and talk about a small world my niece <laughs> I ate my first dog. my niece just <laughs> adopted a yeah. dog rescue dog from korea and if you remember huh. we used to sponsor through shima you guys did an event yeah. Yeah, yeah. we sponsored they the still, dog shelter which you know, i think it's one of those dogs so oh, no we way. indirectly talk about coming around oh, she oh. just adopted a dog from korea oh. so it's great and i think nowadays with the dogs there it's very easy. You can take care of it well. A lot of people are into them. People aren't running away. I had a Shih Tzu. He was standing in front of a girl. She was maybe middle school, three girls. They were jumping up on a bench while he wagged his tail. Ah, it's going to kill us. I'm like, it's a Shih Tzu. One kick and you score the goal, right? <laughs> like the dog can't even bite your little pinkies. And this dog was the most lovely dog wagging his tail, looking at them. Why are they screaming? What's going on? I must be very scared. So I think, you know, having dogs in Korea now is pretty good. Uh, a lot of people accept them. A lot of places to walk them. A lot of cool things to do with them. A lot of catering services for them. So anyway, I think we got to wrap this up, don't we, gentlemen? We do. We I do. just want to say one last thing. Yes. Gentlemen, appreciate having me on. Uh, I think what you guys are doing and your presence in the community is excellent. So keep up the good work, boys. Thank you. Uh, half Nate and Full Brian. We hope. <laughs> we, uh, we Scotty, great to see you. We hope to. Uh, we hope to have you back on, Jeff. That's. Uh, mm. I'm sure people are going to love this one. Anyways, nice. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye.